Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I have waited for you for ten years. I miss you so much. You said if there was a way, you would find it. And I believe. Harry, show me a sign. Come to me. the dark sanctum. Look around you. On that pedestal, illuminated by a shaft of light, a card of the tarot. On its face, a black knight astride a white stallion, carrying a dark banner. Only the unlucky see his face. He is the Grim Reaper, the Harbinger of death. What if you could undo death? Would you? Should you? This card belonged to the wife of one of the world's most famous men. And that was her dilemma. Would she? Should she? Her name was Bess and her fortune was told in the dim and dank parlor of the dark sanctum. smell of the grease paint, the roar of the crowd. It's the air he breathed. Listen to that, he can't get enough of it. And neither can that packed house. Oh, fine, ladies and gentlemen. They're only illusions, he tells them, but if you believe in wonder, if you believe in magic, then the illusions are real. He turns to me backstage and shines that brilliant smile. Now for the showstopper. A glass and mahogany tank filled with water. He's hanging by his feet over the tank and lowered in. Locked in, completely submerged. Air tank. He has minutes, seconds to live. And everyone in the audience knows it. One minute passes. Beside the tank, an assistant with an axe, in case 
if anything goes wrong. Two minutes. Velvet drapes surround the tank. Three minutes. And then... Only illusions. But if you believe in magic, then illusions are real. That man is my husband, Mr. Houdini. He is my life's love. And in three days, he will be dead. Excuse me, excuse me, I'm Mrs. Houdini. Please, where's my husband? I'm sorry, ma'am, you'll have to wait. No, I, do, I don't want to wait, I want to see him right now. Ma'am. Get me the doctor now! Doctor, I'm Mrs. Please, Houdini. Please, Mrs. Houdini. Yes. Please, sit down. I don't want to sit down, I want to see my husband. Mrs. Houdini. I want to see him. Your husband... What? ...died this morning. No, he didn't. No, what, what do you mean? I came as soon as I could, and he, he doesn't, he doesn't... He doesn't die. He's... I'm sorry, he ma'am. No, he can't be dead. No, I want to see, see him. Let me see him. Beneath that sheet, Thirty-nine years had passed like the single heartbeat. I was 18. We were both 18. I didn't see him at first. I felt him one day. Ouch! That's my foot. Watch where you step in, sir. He was flustered. He reached down and embraced my foot. He held it in his warm hand and looked up at me. And that's when I saw his brilliant blue eyes and a smile that stopped my breath. You can take your hands off my foot. It's all right. Really. My name, uh, it's Beatrice. Bess. Y yours is what? What? Harry. I'm, I'm very glad to meet you, Harry. Well, uh, uh, I'd be happy to dance with you, Harry. I'm afraid I only have one good foot now, though, so please do watch yourself. <laughs> that moment, holding him, holding me, that song, Rosabelle, our song. I could put a picture frame on that moment. It was the most perfect moment in my life. We would be married three weeks later. On my wedding band, he would engrave the word, Rosabelle. I was still trembling, sitting in a waiting room at the hospital. He was gone. He couldn't be gone, and yet he was the invincible Houdini. And I was alone. For the first time in 39 years, I was alone. I didn't know what to do next. Just sit here and cry. I... Oh, my sweet Harry. 
A woman in a veil, holding a baby across from me. That baby, I watched her embrace it, so small, so precious. Through my tears, I smiled at the woman, and she smiled back. A baby. One life ends as another begins. Harry and I tried to conceive. There was pain, there was blood. You have a condition, the doctor told me. You will never be a mother. Never. I remember Harry gripping my hand, holding it tight. It's okay, he'd tell me. It's okay. There was blood everywhere. I mean, my dress was soaked with it. Excuse me, your baby, that noise, is it all right? Ma'am? Is your baby all right? May I see your baby? May I see your baby? I reached out to touch its face. Cold. <laughs> our dog, he's our baby, that's what Harry always said. He loved that dog. A majestic Rottweiler named Charlie. We would lay on the beach together. Charlie would sit beside us. Charlie! Charlie, no! <laughs> it broke Harry's heart. What happened to that dog? Broke mine. We cried for days. Harry, do you think it's possible that dogs and people can come back? It's not hogwash. Don't laugh. Don't you hope that we will be together always in this world and the next? He stops laughing and got very serious. If there's a way, he told me, I will find it. never again see my husband. I would never hear his voice. It was old. <laughs> it was too much to bear. If only I could speak to him one last time. Ten years have passed. Ten lonely years. Ten years without Harry. This was to be the nursery. Joyful colors on the walls. Now a dusty crib in the center of the room. Every day for ten years, I open that door and I look inside. I guess it's like a photo, a glimpse of a memory I never had. Ten years since Harry had died, and now it's October 31st, 1936. All Hallows' Eve. And on this day, every year for those ten years, a seance to try and touch him again. If there is a way to escape death, he told me, I will find it. Ten years of failure. No contact. 
No voice from beyond, no ectoplasmic sign, no flying tambourine or elevating table, nothing, nothing at all. So this would be the final try. Ten years, that's long enough to wait. I was going to the roof of the Nicobaca Hotel, and there, in the dark of a Halloween night, we would try to touch the other side one final time. I hear his voice tonight, or it's silent forever. Now, or never. The rooftop was carpeted. Bleaches were set up for reporters and the, the curious. In front of me, a single table. Harry's famous handcuffs were there. There was a, a bell, a spirit trumpet. Between them, a portrait of Harry beneath a dim red light. Shall we start? The medium sat before me, an old woman hunched over the table, ancient hands folded together as in death. She tilted her head at me. Heavy lids covered her eyes. Her features were deep and worn, like a dry riverbed. And there was a stink coming from her, <sighs> as if the stench of hell itself was rising from her chair. Shall we start? The old crone was silent. She just looked at me. Beneath her folded hands, sheets of blank white paper and a pen. She nodded. That was my sign. To sit and concentrate. To be still. To stare at that portrait of my... my dead Harry. And beg the spirits for a sign. Harry... Please... If you can hear me, if you can feel us, please give us a sign. The medium's head was swaying left and right. I listened for the bell. I listened for the trumpet. Nothing, I heard nothing. Harry, please. I have waited for you for ten years. I love you more than anything. I miss you so much. You said if there was a way, you would find it. And I believe, I believe you. Harry, show me a sign. Come to me. Medium's head fell all the way back, her sharp chin raised. She picked up the pen. Is she all right? Is she okay? She was unconscious. They brought her water and a shot of brandy, and then they carried her away. There had been no voice from beyond. No spirit manifestation at all. No bell. No trumpet. No expressions of comfort. Nothing. This was the last try. There would be no more. It was October 31st, 1936. After ten years, 
I was now and would always be alone. What did she write? The old crone? I looked through the papers. Dozens of them. Each one scrawled with a word. One word. No. 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 No, 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 no. Again, by the chair in the drawing room, my favorite picture of Harry. A candle beside it. A candle I have lit every night for ten years. Tonight I put it out for the last time. Hello? Hello? I saw a shadow. Someone sitting on the bench at the street in front of the house. Hello? I, th I thought I heard... It was a woman covered by a veil. In her arms, there was a baby. Mother and baby sitting and facing the street. Miss, are you all right? I heard the crying. The woman didn't move. The baby didn't move. They were both frozen still. I was behind them. Hello? And that's when the baby's head began to turn. It turned to the side. And... Turning. It turned and turned and turned like an owl's head until it was staring at me, the eyes and mouth gaping like black empty holes. in here.
is the tub empty? Where's the water? a long time ago how much was true how much was the fantasy of a grieving widow i don't think i'll ever know they are only illusions harry used to say but if you believe in magic the illusions are real last stop barstow california barstow this is your stop ma'am i'm not going to barstow it's the final stop ma'am oh thank you thank you The final stop, full of sunlight and serenity. I felt at home. I shielded my eyes from the glare. That's when I saw him. A stocky young man with brilliant blue eyes and a shining smile. He was carrying a beautiful baby in his arms. Our baby. He took my hand in his. All these years I've spent waiting for him. I never stopped to think. Maybe he was waiting for me too. The Dark Sanctum. Episode Bess. Starring Bethany Joy Lenz, Clive Standen, and Michael O'Neill. Created, written, and directed by Mark Ramsey. Produced by Mark Ramsey and Jeff Schmidt. Sound design, scoring, and mix by Jeff Schmidt. 
executive producer Paul Anderson for Workhouse Media. Until next time. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.